Good evening, Smith Corner Church and the surrounding areas. I want to bring you some encouragement. I want to show you why I'm not so worried. Somebody asked me, why aren't you so worried about all this, this corona balona virus? So I, I thought back real hard and I remembered a passage of Scripture that meant a lot to me in John chapter 1027. And I recognize this is the Wednesday night crowd of believers. Generally, others aren't going to listen in on ours. And if you aren't from our church, I, I applaud you and thank you for, for uh, watching. But I want so much to be a blessing to God's people, to you. And I want to show you why there's nothing for us to worry about nothing for us to fret about because our shepherd is watching over us we are his his sheep and he loves us so much in john chapter 10 verse 27 we have the shepherd the lord and his sheep us and if you're not one of his sheep oh i pity you i am sorry I don't know how you'll get through all this unscathed without the Lord in your life. I would like to call you to a passage of in Matthew 18, verse 11, that says, The Son of Man, Jesus is the Son of Man, is come to save that which was lost. What? Do you think if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them go astray does he not leave the ninety and nine and go into the mountains and seek that which is gone astray our lord loves us so much that even when we go astray he comes after us he comes to us he wants to rescue us some of us feel like we need to be rescued so back to our our main verse, John chapter 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I have a four-point message here with a lot, of, a lot of other things to go in with it. But I want to, first of all, look at why I'm not worried. My sheep, he says. My sheep, that my sheep, it signifies ownership. He owns us and he takes care of those that are his, of that which is his. My sheep, Galatians six seventeen. from henceforth from now on, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Now, in those days, and even up to recent history and maybe other parts of the world, if you belonged to someone, if you were a doulos, if you were a slave, they would brand you either on your back or your hand or your forehead so that it signified that you were somebody's property. I am the property of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's another form of the PPJC. I practice the property 
of Jesus Christ. I am his and he is mine. The Apostle Paul had probably many different scars on his body from all the torturous things they had done to him. And he says, from now on, I'm done. I'm not going to let any man trouble me. I've paid the price. I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a testimony. You see, I'm not my own. He owns me. I am his property. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. What? Know you not that your body, your whole body, is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. This isn't mine. This is his. Your bodies, which are so often what we use to sin with. Your bodies are not your own to sin with, to give away to other things. We are his property. We are not our own. Verse 20 of that scripture. Why? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, in your spirit, which are God's. That's the first point I'm trying to make to you is how important it is to consider this. This isn't yours to do with as you wish this is his and he will take care i promise of those that are his nothing for us to worry about i am god's my gifts and abilities are god's my everything that i'm able to do my gifts my time i give to god my talent I give to God. My treasure, I give to God. That's exactly what we'll, we'll be speaking about here. Have you given your abilities to God or are they just yours? Some people are able to just attract so many others to them. Maybe their sense of humor, maybe their wisdom and their experience, maybe their courage. They attract people to them. Use that for the Lord Jesus Christ. Your gifts and abilities are God's. And it says it really well in Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them it's already been decided it's his desire that we walk in our abilities with our works with our with our gifts to serve the lord much of it is about serving the lord again isaiah 64 8 but now O lord you are our father we are the clay you're the potter and we are the work of thy hand. We belong to him. My sheep, my sheep. We belong to him. And taking just for a moment, if you don't belong to him, 
give yourselves to him right now. He's waiting. He's watching to see if you're not his, if you will make yourself his. We belong to him. You might say, Lord, I want to be yours. Here am I. Here am I. I want to be used. Here am I, Lord. I want to give myself to you. I want to surrender myself to you. The second part of that, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. They hear the voice of the Lord. That is, he that has ears to hear. He that has spiritual ears to hear. The Lord's speaking all the time, but only those that have ears to hear are going to hear him. One of my favorite Bible verses of all time, Proverbs 3, 5, 3 and 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord and with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding because many times trusting in Him just doesn't make sense. Verse 6, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. All all your habits, all your desires, all the different parts of your life. Acknowledge Him as Lord. And what's He do? He will direct your paths. No, don't go that way. No, don't go that way. No, go this way. No, do this. Don't do that. Don't. He's directing our paths. I love that. He directs our paths. Psalms 1, one says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. The counsel are those who would be giving you advice and wisdom, trying to make you like them. Blessed is the man, Psalm 1, one that walks not in the counsel of, of the ungodly. There are bad voices out there. They're trying to lead you astray, maybe for selfish reasons. Bad voices. The island of Bermuda in the 16 and 1700s, they had a society there where when a ship was going past, they would have the pretty girls go out into the water and yell to the sailors to come in. Bad voices, come in, come on in. Only to know underneath the water were these rocks where the ships would dash themselves on the rocks and fall apart and wreck. And then the men of the, of the island would go out, kill the people that had survived, take all their belongings, take all of their ship's stock. And that was a lifestyle for the island of Bermuda. There are bad voices out there. Back in the early 1700s, there was a lady who got the name Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. She was captured by the Indians, a white girl. And right when there was a curve in the Ohio River, uh, she would walk out into the water about knee high and yell for help. 
to all the barges that were going down. Help, help, help. I've escaped from the Indians. Help me. And the barges would go in and it would, they might even get lodged onto the sandbars. But then the Indians would attack them and kill them all and take all their belongings. It was a way of life. Bloody Mary was being forced to do it, but people were listening to the bad voices in their life. And we all have those things. We can't stop them. We can't stop them from giving us their, their advice of what to do. What we can do is listen to the Lord, to know His laws, to know, to know His advice to us. Be careful. Be careful. In John chapter 10, 27, once more, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. I know who they are. If you are a child of God, He knows you. He knows you intimately. There's nothing, there's nothing about you He doesn't know, which can be good and bad. He knows who you are. You're important to Him. That's comforting. In the book of life, in Revelation 20, 15, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. When you confess your sins and ask Christ into your heart and become a child of God, your name gets written down into the book of life. It is a recording of your of your salvation. He knows who belongs to him. He knows what sheep are his, what goats aren't. Matthew 7, 21 says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Then you skip to verse 33, and then will I profess to them, here it is, I never knew you. I never knew you. I never wrote your name down in the book of life. I never had a relationship with you. You knew me. There's a lot of people that call themselves Christians and they, they have a head knowledge. But they don't have an, a heart knowledge of Jesus Christ. They're not related to him. He's not their Lord. He says, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. Or versus, I know them. Which are you? He never knew you. You might even, you might even have a Christian uh, head knowledge. You know all about it. But... You don't have that personal, close relationship with him. It's about relationship, not about religion. It's about relationship. In Matthew 7, 21, not everyone that says to me, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone that calls themselves a Christian is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the will of my Father. It's God's will that you say no to temptation. It's God's will that you do those things 
that are pleasing to him. It's God's will that you say no to those things that aren't pleasing to him. Only those that do the will of my father, a man, should be, I, 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 I like this, I found this, a man should be as vigorous as a panther, as swift as an eagle, as fast as a deer, as strong as a lion, to do the will of God in heaven. I liked it. Back in John chapter 10, 27, my sheep hear my sheep ownership. Hear my voice. We hear his voice. I know them. We have a relationship with him. And then what's it say? They follow me. They follow me. Now, I do a lot of hiking in the woods. I do a lot of hiking in the mountains. Oftentimes, I've got Pastor Rodney with me. He and I kind of, we kind of trick each other into going first because once the warm weather comes, there's, there's lots of spider webs out there. Whoever goes first gets the spider webs. There's lots of ticks out there. There's lots of trouble out there. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. We would never regret having Jesus in the lead and thus following him wherever he would lead us. He knows what's best. He knows where is best. And we want to follow him. Following him. In John chapter 12, 26. If any man serve me, let him follow me. To serve him is to follow him. Where I am, there shall also my servant be. He looks at us all as servants. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. How do we serve him? Again, with our time. Giving some time to God, to to the Christian walk with, with our devotional life, giving him time every morning, giving him time in church services, giving him time, passing things out, doing things for, for the Lord, giving him time. Talent. Talked about this already. Some people are naturally gifted with certain gifts and abilities and talents. Using that for the Lord. Musicians, yes. Teachers, yes. Sometimes the teachers are the forgotten the forgotten uh, servants in the church, but they work hard. They will be working hard to, to teach again, but remembering it's our time, our talents, and then our treasure, our treasure. I remembered this. We're not only called to serve God, we're called to serve one another. We're called to serve one another to meet their needs, to help them with their desires, helping them to be happy, helping them to be joyful, to be content. Now, husbands and wives, by now you know 
you know what your, your husband or wife, what their goals in life are. When you know and discover what their goals in life are, you should do everything you can to help them achieve their goals, to help them achieve their happiness, what it is, that, those things they want most in life. And when husband and wife are both doing that, wow. Wow, what? Two servants serving one another. Serving one another. This scripture here, for brethren, if you read it with me, Galatians 5.13, for brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Liberty, freedom. You have the freedom to do pretty much whatever you want. Just don't transgress his law. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Don't use your, your freedoms. Don't use your freedoms to serve sin, to serve yourself for pleasures. But this next phrase, but by love serve one another. And again, I talk about this especially for husbands and wives. To serve one another is to help them, help your spouses, your wives, your husbands to achieve their goals in life. To help them to be successful in those things. Don't you dare be the reason, the reason they don't, they can't achieve their godly goals don't be that person. Be the person that self-sacrificingly, that's the love we talk about, serve. The word serve here is doulos. It's the lowest form of servant. It's the servant that does things he doesn't even want to do. It's the dirtiest jobs. By love, by self-sacrificing love, serve one another. I, I have met with many of the, the older couples in our church. I ask them what's their secret of success with their 50, 60, almost 70 years of marriage. And almost all of them have one common thing. thing one common theme, we, we take care of one another. We take care of one another. When both people Husband and wife are dedicated to serving one another, to helping the other to achieve their goals and their dreams. You're going to have a happy, happy marriage, happy life. Well, speaking of that, Luke 9.23, Jesus said to them, If any man will come after me, following me, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, saying no to his own needs and desires. Let him deny himself. Tuck up, take up his cross. I've acted that out before. The cross being coming dead to self and alive to Jesus and alive to others. Take up your cross daily. And then what's it say? Follow me. Hmm. Psalms 37, 23, one of my favorite verses, the steps of a good man. How can you tell the steps of a good man? They're ordered by the Lord and he, God, delights in his way. 
Does God delight in your path, in your following Him? Followship, following Him, pleasing Him. Not going where you're not supposed to go. Abstaining from all things that appear evil. Getting off that path can have terrible consequences. I was in the the woods this very week and I got off the path. There was, I got into a position where I didn't have my clippers and there was nothing I could do. Any direction I went, I had stickers all over me. I couldn't get out. And when you get off the path, life becomes unbearable. Briars. I took my wife out a couple weeks ago into the woods and when we came back, I had to brush five ticks off of her. She hasn't gone back since with me. She even had one tick attached to her neck for a few minutes before I could get it off. Then there was one time I told this story before I was in the woods off the path and I reached down to put my foot down in a spot and where I was stepping something moved. That was a close call. I got off the path and came into contact. Now, He didn't get me. He didn't nail me. But that's why we need to stay on the path of righteousness. Stay on the path that Jesus is leading us on. And when we get off, we find ourselves in all kinds of nasty places. Back in Matthew 18, 13, If so be that he findeth the lost sheep, verily I say unto you, he rejoices more of that sheep, the lost sheep, than of the ninety and nine. It makes him so happy when one of us who gets lost and off the path comes back. Makes him so happy. I got on this theme of sheep and I wanted to share this with you. I'm almost done. The Bible says there's two kinds of people. There's the goats and there's the sheep. In Matthew 25, 31, when the Son of Man shall come in His glory and the holy angels come with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory and before Him shall be gathered all nations and He shall separate them one from another the way a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, putting his sheep on the right side and the goats on the left. So important to identify who you are or who your loved ones are. That same chapter, Matthew 25, 33, and he shall set the sheep on the right side, but the goats on the left. Then I found this obscure verse in the book of Malachi, and I'm almost done. Book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked. The Lord returning and he decides beside, be, between the righteous and the wicked. Between him that serves God and him that doesn't. 
serve God with your time, your talents, and your treasures. Serving God. The Lord is my shepherd. You know it. I shall not want if he's my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He doesn't give me freedom to go just anywhere I want. He wants me to lie down in safety and security in the green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters, not the fast running waters that could hurt me or drown me or damage me or my family. He takes me beside the still waters because he cares about me so much. And this pandemic, it's our still waters. He's keeping us, he's going to keep us safe if he's our shepherd. Verse 3, he restores my soul, Psalms 23. Sometimes our souls just want to crumple up and, and just shrink because we get so sad, broken hearted, depressed. He restores my soul. And then that last line, I'm closing. He, God, leads me in paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. If, we're, if he's our Lord and we're out there doing these unrighteous things, how is that a good thing for him? He wants to lead us in the paths of righteousness. Be his lamb. Be his child. And he will get you and us through this. Yes, there'll be some changes. Things that we don't want to, don't want to accept. But there'll be some changes in our lives. But I promise you it's all part of God's plan, his long-term plan. And get ready to hold your breath because at any moment the rapture could happen and save us from this all. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you're so great. You're so wonderful. You're so powerful. You're so mighty. You know all things. You're so wise. And you own us. Oh God, oh God, Come back for that which is yours. And before you come back to take us to heaven, even here on earth, give us your presence. Give us your leadership as we need need you to get through this. Lord, we love you. Help us to love you more. Lord, if we knew you were coming back this week, next week, if we knew it was right away, we might change our life around and be Really, really, get really, really ready. Be ye ready, you say. Oh God, thank you. Thank you for being the best shepherd there ever was. Help us to be the best sheep. In Jesus' name, amen.